This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The best career advice that you are not getting is to invest. Hello and welcome to Your In Good Company, a podcast for like-minded people who want to make smart investment decisions. I'm Maddie and I am with my good friend Sophie. Hi Maddie, how are you today? I am good. Before we start today's episode, we would like to acknowledge and pay respects to the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, who are the traditional owners of this land. We pay our deepest respects to the elders, past and present, and to the next generation who we hope to create a different future for. Today I am so excited because we get to chat with someone from our community about their money habits, their savings goals, and why they're ready to jump into their investment journey and into the world of finance. I'm excited for that chat too. But before we get into that, Maddie, can you tell me a little bit about what you do when you get paid? How are your savings habits? Do you have a good budgeting system? (laughs) Look, I try my best. Um, I guess I've tried to set up a system where every time I get paid, I sort of have automated transfers for where everything goes. So when I get paid, I straight away, I transfer out my rent, which is always a great feeling. And then I have a certain amount of money that goes into a separate account that's actually just for groceries. And then I transfer the same amount every time into savings and then investing accounts, which are two separate ones. I think it's really important to distinguish between your savings and investing because, you know, everything we learn about investing is, you know, it's very much for the long term. You don't want to have to access it in any kind of a rush. So I don't like to think of that account as sort of money that I have accessible to me, which is why I try to distinguish it from my sort of proper savings account. I also think it's really good to be able to put a certain amount away per paycheck, even if it's a super small amount, so you know that you're always working towards that investing goal. Yes, 100%. So yeah, I've got the same amount into my savings and then investing and then sort of what's left over is, I guess, my little fun fund. Little fun fund. <laughs> yeah. exciting. <laughs> what about you? Have you got something similar? or Mine is very similar. I definitely am a bit confused about my fun fund at the moment post-COVID because... So I, true. Yeah, I wasn't spending that fun fund as much during COVID <laughs> and now I'm like spending so much more and I'm like, oh, wow, I need to budget this. Yeah. But... I'm changing a few of my money habits around and getting back into kind of the saving savings pattern that I used to used to be in um, when life was a bit more normal. But yeah, very similar, just transferring out all the big expenses that I know that I can't I can't use that money and then a little bit into savings and a little bit into investing as well. Yeah, and I think where possible it's great to try and sort of automate some of those transactions because even when I was just talking through it then, you know, it can sound a little bit cumbersome and you know, people always say that if it's automated, it's just so much easier and, you you know, you can forget about it and, you know, it really is that set and forget mentality. So where possible, just being able to get that money out straight away and forget that you have it, exactly. I, I personally find is a great thing. Now let's jump over to the chat that we have with our newbie investor, Chloe. 
Today, we're going to be chatting to Chloe, who is a member of our You're in Good Company community. Chloe has developed some good money habits over the years, has some savings in her account, and is ready to take the plunge into investing. We're going to dive into Chloe's relationship with money and why she is ready to start her investment journey. Good morning, Chloe. We're so excited to have you today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. I'm very excited to be here. Thanks for joining us. Um, And to get things started, can you tell us a little bit about how long you have been saving for? So I've been saving for pretty much as long as I can remember. Uh, I have a pretty good relationship with saving. I think it all started when I was in primary school and I had a bank book and my parents used to give me money, you know, just one or two dollars a week and I would take it, you know, to school and bank it and I absolutely loved um, sort of just watching that grow and I remember even in year five or year six I I think I had about $400 and I thought that I was you know queen of the castle. It started then and since then you know I got my first job at about 14 and then I moved out quite young so when I was um, 18 I moved out And I really started focusing on um, my savings and not formally budgeting, but just, you know, ensuring that I always was putting away enough money for rent and um, energy and food and, you know, all the necessities. All the important stuff. That just took me right back to when mum used to bribe me to do the ironing and she would give me five cents per clothing piece that I ironed. That's not enough. <laughs> it's really nothing. Which is like I ironed 20 pieces to get a dollar. Like that is nothing. I was getting seriously ripped off. Your mum is smart. Maybe like that's maybe a tactic I'm going to employ. <laughs> Yeah, but I would have been the pesky kid that would have been like ironing socks for a five-cent coin. (laughs) So, Chloe, how would you define your relationship with money and what do you think has influenced this over the years? Um, I think I have a pretty inconsistent relationship with money. I'm not sure if that even makes sense. But I I have a good relationship with savings because it's something that is somewhat in in my control and I know you know if I can just segment out a portion a week I understand that but then I also avoid thinking about things which I know are quite important which is you know like I I, I avoid thinking about my super and up until quite recently I have really avoided thinking about things like investing and accumulating interest on you know accounts But I I do have a good relationship with money in that, you know, I put away enough each week that I know that I can, you know, accumulate a a little bit of savings over time. I enjoy spending money on things that are really, you know, important to me. So I I don't struggle to make purchases or spend money on yeah things that that I enjoy I think that's a really common experience where you know things like superannuation or investing people put it in the too hard basket and just sort of avoid thinking about it like you said because you know when when you want to start learning about things like this it's so hard to know where to start and really the easiest thing to do is just to not think about it but hopefully we will be able to help with that and Chloe you touched a bit on how you sort of have quite a good relationship with saving and you like to sort of spend money on specific things. 
Can you t- sort of elaborate a little bit further and tell us sort of why do you save and what do you have any savings goals in particular? Yeah, so I guess for me, um, being in control of my finances really just gives freedom and signifies sort of freedom. And probably just from a young age, I used to hate relying on my parents. So knowing that I had enough money in, in my account to do things with my friends and go out and spend money on dinners and shopping or whatever, I, I really enjoyed that. So I think I used to save just just for freedom and then because I did move out quite young I then started saving for you know just basic things like living expenses and then I also would save for travel and so I guess in the past sort of 12-18 months my relationship with savings has changed again and my goals because you know it used to be living and travel Whereas the past, you know, 12 months, obviously we haven't had that freedom and my perspective has really shifted and I've started to think, okay, well, I've accumulated a bit of a nest egg and now I'm getting to the age where I think, oh, if I do something with it now, it could be beneficial in the future. So, you know, thinking about perhaps, (laughs) you know, end goal putting um, a deposit down for a mortgage in probably 12, 18 months, probably 18 to 24, a bit more realistic. Um, <laughs> but, you know, six months I'll, I'll buy a house. So I guess it, it, it used to just be for that freedom of not relying on anyone and I guess it's just transitioning into a more sort of adult relationship where it's still freedom but you know, owning or having some assets would also give you that freedom. Yeah, well, that's a good point that you make. I think as you get a little bit older, you think about the longer term goals. And sometimes it's even hard to think about things such as retirement, you know, past even that buying a house phase, but really setting yourself up now so that in the future will be, you know, good to rock. (laughs) So Chloe, another question we were going to ask you was, do you have an interest rate on your savings account and do you know what that is do you see it accumulating over time well I will be honest with you girls because you've been so lovely to have me on but uh, until (laughs) this morning I didn't know what my interest rate was and I think this goes back to my relationship with money and you know I know the very basics and I know how to save but I do often avoid looking a little bit deeper and so I checked my interest when I was you know knowing that I would come on and I you know felt sick in my stomach because I checked it and it is actually 0.01 percent that is small yeah so (laughs) so I definitely don't see it accumulating um when I checked it this morning I I tried to even find a few deposits and there was a few you know tiny deposits around about 30 cents so Maddie it's exactly probably about what your mum was charging you to um (laughs) to do the ironing (laughs) and probably earn more exactly with her um, but I also know that I, I did recently switch banks. I moved um, to a clean bank from um, another bank, another bank, um, and so I think that is probably why the interest rate is quite a bit lower. Yeah, look, I think that 
that interest point is quite a common experience at the moment. You know, save interest rates on savings accounts are extremely low at the moment. So you're definitely not alone there. And I guess that's sort of why this has played into why Sophie and I really want to help sort of push the education piece around investing because the reality is, is, you know, so many people and women in particular have these big amounts of money sitting in their savings account and it's just not doing anything for them. Uh, do you know what the average inflation rate in Australia is? Bit of a funny question. I didn't until I started thinking about, you know, coming on this podcast and um, started doing a little bit of investigating. So I, I'm now, I guess, educated in, in this space a little bit, but only, th- only through, you know, you girls encouraging me to be. But I did learn that it's, what, is it about 1.2%? It's about, yeah, average 2% over the past 10 years or so. So it's a lot higher than what your interest rate is, that's for sure. It's (laughs) 0.01%. Exactly. Not earning anything with that. And, Chloe, what has spurred you to start investing? We've spoken about it a little bit and you seem pretty keen to get on board. So what has, you know, been the catalyst for you deciding to take that next step with with your savings account? Yeah, I guess it's been in the back of my mind for probably two, three years, Uh, but it is something that I commonly avoid thinking about or I'll start to do a little bit of research um, and feel really inspired and empowered. But because I I, I, I basically no, don't know anything at the minute um, and I don't know where <laughs> I don't know where to start. And so, you know, I, I've, I've started to have these conversations with, you know, friends and, and people like you in particular, Soph, who are really encouraging and, you know, I know that it's probably the right thing to do and I, I do want to make that next jump. But I guess the one thing holding me back has always been I understand savings, I understand portioning away my, you know, my a portion of my salary each week that that makes sense to me and that feels really safe and when I see it in my bank account you know it even though it's not earning much interest it does still feel like a safe position to be in and then you know that making that jump from having just a, a you know either an interest account or you know I've also thought about having a, a long-term deposit making the jump from that to actually investing has just been a little bit scary because I don't have all of the resources or I don't really know where to start. So I guess, you know, then hearing you guys are starting this podcast, it's been absolutely phenomenal because it's it's the exact sort of resource that I need to probably just encourage me to take that little next step. Yeah, well, I think that's honestly, the most common story that we've been hearing from people, from our friends, from our peers, it just seems a little bit scary. Savings seems so safe, but investing can be safe as well. And we hope that we can take you along that journey across this podcast. But Chloe, it's been so good to have you. We're going to touch base back with you in a couple of episodes time and chat to you about where you've come so far in your investment journey. But thank you so much for your time today. And we can't wait to chat to you later on. Thanks, girls. Hopefully I'll be a millionaire by then. That was a great chat with Chloe. It's so exciting that she's about to jump into her investing journey. 
I feel like I'm a bit of a weirdo with this. I get so pumped up when someone is like, I'm ready to start investing. They're realizing the benefits. I know it's pretty exciting. So we touched on a few great points there about interest and inflation, but we're definitely keen to understand a bit more about why keeping all of our money in savings probably isn't doing us any favors. We are just going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors, but we'll be right back to chat to one of our experts who is going to give some further clarification to some of the points we touched on with Chloe. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And to help answer our questions, we have brought on finance expert, Danielle Akuye. Danielle has got over three decades experience in the industry. So Danielle, can you please tell us what actually is interest? That's a really good question. And basically money has a time value. So you need to earn interest on your cash because you are basically lending that money to an institution like a bank who then lends it out to other people. So the process of putting your money in a bank, for example, means that you get interest because you need to gain some return for giving the bank your money, basically, because they in turn are going to lend that money on. That is a very succinct definition. I like it. Well done. (laughs) A second question is what is inflation? Inflation is basically the price of goods and services over time and whether it goes up or down. So inflation is generally what we like for an economy. It's when prices go up steadily, not too high and not too low. So over the longer term, our central banks like the Reserve Bank of Australia like to see inflation at about 2 to 3%. And the reason why they like that is people tend to say, I'll buy this good now rather than waiting down the track, which is what happens in a deflationary scenario. And in that scenario, it's really bad for the economy. So inflation is an expected increase in a basket of goods uh, that the, the Reserve Bank calculates each year. Okay. So now if we can sort of put this into practice with all this in mind, are we actually making any money with the interest rates on our savings accounts? Uh, Definitely not. (laughs) Right. If we could step back in time. So when I was young, okay, in the late 1970s, it was when inflation was super high and interest rates were super high. And my mother used to put her money in the bank and she would get a return of 14% per annum. 
Can you imagine earning 14% on your cash? Oh, my goodness. And this is an overnight cash account. And that's how high interest wow. rates went. <laughs> yeah. So now we are faced with something. So from the late 1970s, early 1980s to now, where interest rates have pretty much gone to zero. And that means for people like yourselves, you're working, you're saving, you're saving up for a deposit on a house or a holiday, you pop it in the bank. But even though our inflation rate is low at, let's say, under 2%, which is not what the Reserve Bank wants, it basically means you're losing money because the cost of goods is going up, let's say, 1.5% per year. But you're not even generating that off your savings account. So you're actually going backwards. And the reason why the banks keep bringing down or the central banks bring down interest rates is to encourage people to invest. Interesting. I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions that people have about the interest on their savings account. It looks like that you are gaining money, but you really are losing that purchasing power. I think you explained it perfectly. Now, what about term deposits? We have a lot of friends who are thinking about setting up term deposits as a savings technique. So just for people who don't know, can you explain first what is a term deposit? Yeah, it's really simple. So on a normal checking account, for example, that old-fashioned concept of a checkbook, uh, you had instant access to your money with no conditions attached to taking that money, putting it in or taking it out. So a term deposit, literally a term defines a period of time of which your money will be locked up in that deposit should you decide to put more money in or put a bigger amount of money in than they want or take some money out you will lose that extra interest so a term is purely a word for a set period of time that you have to leave the money in the bank is there higher interest rates on term deposits is this a good practice Typically, a term deposit should offer you a higher rate, but what I have found personally, because I don't use them, is that they will offer you a high rate for a certain period of time, and then suddenly it clicks back to the normal variable rate. So I think when you look at a term deposit, you need to be very specific and understand the conditions of that term deposit. How much money can you initially put in? How much money can you add to it? At what point in time is the interest rate going to revert to a lower level? And I think, like anything, we all go, oh, yay, we'll get 1% on our term deposit. Uh, and then you find sort of four months later, which I used to with a couple of ones that I had, it's like, oh, we've gone backwards again. So you really need to know the fine print on what term deposits offer. And they all tend to vary a little bit. Yeah, that's very good to know. I feel like a lot of people sort of get sucked into the term deposit um, idea and it sounds like a great idea, but having these conversations, we realise that there are some little tips and tricks in there that maybe mean that they're not such a great savings vehicle. So we've learned about savings accounts. Historically, are the returns on investing any better or um, do we just have no hope of saving? No, not at all. Okay, so if you go back over a longer period of time, typically the stock market here in Australia has returned about 10 or 11% per annum. And that is composed of what is called the capital gain, which is the rise in the share price. Okay. And then there is what is the dividend income, which is kind of like interest on owning a share. 
if you can imagine that. And typically that was about 10 or 11%. However, like everything in the world, as interest rates have come down, so have the returns on the stock market. So I did some checking for you and it's probably around 77 7.8% over the last 10 years. So before everybody goes, oh, well, that's no good. You need to know the rule of 72, which I, funnily enough, only learnt last year, which is basically if your money grows at an average rate, so this is an average of around 7% a year, you will double your savings in 10 years. Wow. I've never heard that either. <laughs> well, there you go. That is a great fact. And it works the other way, okay? So if your money grows at 10% per annum, you double it in seven years. So this is the thing that people need to understand. This is why your superannuation monies are invested. This is why you probably just can't rely on a bank deposit anymore. There's nothing wrong with them. But basically putting your money to work to try and make it work in a better way for you is much better for your long-term savings. So really what we've kind of worked out today is that because of inflation, our growth amount of our savings needs to be higher than that inflation rate. And we're finding that on the stock market. Is that right? Absolutely. And of course, you would probably find it in the property market as well or Bitcoin, but that's a lot more <laughs> risky. But the whole proposition is not everybody can go out and buy a property. However, given the way that there has been this innovative disruption in share investing. It means anyone can start to invest in the stock market. You can start the smallest amount as per share is $500, but actually with some of the other different platforms around, you can make it much smaller. And the whole idea, you're absolutely right, is to make sure your money is growing in excess, well in excess of inflation. So 10 years down the track, you're going to have more purchasing power for your dollars. A huge thank you to Danielle for joining us on the episode today. We feel so lucky to be able to take your questions straight to the experts. So please send them through. There are definitely no silly questions. And we're so excited to continue to track the progress of Chloe as she takes the plunge into investing, as we are for all of you. Next episode, we will be chatting to Betsy Westcott and debunking some of the most common jargon terms that you will encounter when you start investing. In the meantime, we would love for you to join our Facebook community at YIGC Investing Podcast Discussion Group and share your journey, ask questions or post ideas. You can also follow us on Instagram at YIGC Podcast or email any questions directly to YIGC at equitymates.com and we'll do our best to answer. Until then... You're in Good Company is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of You're in Good Company are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. 
In the spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media and the hosts of Your In Good Company acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.